Welcome to another edition of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones, and I am your host. 2020, the year that had many of us fearing for our lives, mistrusting our government, and questioning our faith. And faith is defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It is a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. In the Christian faith, faith is the substance of what we hope for and the evidence of the unseen. In the Old Testament, faith describes the covenant between God and his people and the trust and belief that God would keep his promises. Now faith in Islam is the belief in the unity of Allah Muslims believe in one Lord, and that is Allah, the Almighty. In Buddhism, faith refers to a serene commitment to the practice of the Buddhist teachings and trust in enlightened or highly developed beings. A connection to faith has long been recognized as having a deeply profound impact on emotional well-being and 2020 has certainly challenged our emotional well-being. But throughout history, a connection to a higher power has been the cornerstone of empowerment that has sustained us. But faith without works is dead. So what must we do through our collective faith in a higher power to bring healing to a world that has been sickened by hatred, racism, inequality and despair. Well, that is what I plan to discover in my candid conversations with men and women of faith and those who may have lost their faith. So join me as I seek to uncover the one universal law that will bring us all together and bring healing. My topic is religion. So how does religion affect the behavior of human beings? How does religion enforce moral laws? Some would argue that religion controls actions which limits our freedom. And speaking of freedom, how does free will play into people's attitudes? Well, the purpose of this podcast is not to vilify religion or downplay its effect it has on the lives of individuals who practice it. I am hoping that through our individual conversations and our individual religious experiences, we can spread love, hope, unity, and healing, as well as justice and equality to a world that is in desperate need of all of the above. Well, Stevie Wonder says it well in a song when he says that the world is in need of love today. Well, I could not agree more. Show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my works because of my faith. My next guest has so many accomplishments under her belt, it will take the whole podcast to name them all. She is the pastor of First Mount Zion Baptist Church in Newark, New Jersey, and she is my guest today. Please help me welcome Reverend Stephanie McKay. When you are. Okay, so Stephanie, how are you? And I don't want to call you Stephanie, I want to call you by your name, Reverend 
McKay. How are you today? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing How wonderful. New year? My new year was really, really good. I, I am blessed. God's been good to me and my family, so I, I just want to make sure I say that because, you know, a lot of people can't, and I want to make sure I do. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I want to start by saying thank you for being a guest on, on my show, Real Talk with Real People, and we're just going to have a candid conversation. And so for the purpose of my guests getting to know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, what would you like for me to start? <laughs> well, let's let's start about who who is Reverend McKay? Who is she? Well, Re Reverend McKay, I tell you, Reverend McKay is Reverend McKay is a female who uh, has uh, who has been through a lot. Um, then the most of my age group. I haven't been through everything, but I've been through enough. Whether it's the storm and the Lord has brought me through. Amen. Um, you know, I am born and raised here in the city of Newark, and um, uh, my mother and father, no, they weren't churchgoers, but they were, you know, God-fearing, and, um, you know, uh, reared in the public school, mm -hmm. you know, system, and, and uh, I wanted to... Um, uh, do things, you know, independently, you know, and um, and the Lord has really blessed. He opened doors. He has, you know, been with me from as a young child all the way up, even, in, you know, through now, mm -hmm. if I can say. And um, uh, my path has always been ordered by him before I even realized what was going on, mm -hmm. but as now where I'm here, you know, where I'm at now, as I reflect back, you know, I realize, like, wow, you know, Lord, you've been there all along, mm -hmm. and, uh, and because, you know, he, um, he knows, you know, knew, you know, he knows the path that he has set for me, even when I got off course, he was there to put me back, and I mean, like, really, you know, uh, I didn't go really totally contrary, mm -hmm. but I could have been, you know, uh, in the system, so to speak, if I can say, uh, put it that way, you know, with a number, <laughs> so to speak, you know what I mean? Right, right. But, um, yeah, but the Lord, has, he, has, he has his way of, um, of, of, of doing things. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm a widow, and um, uh, I'm a, I have a, I'm a mother of a, you know, late son. Uh, lost to um, tragedy um, uh, that was, uh, you know, over, you know, 20 years ago mm -hmm. and um, overcame a lot um, through that. And as with the way, as the way the um, times are now, you know, even just as the, as the clock struck 12.01, you know, you had a shooting, you know, this year, you know what I mean? As I look back, then some would uh, say that it was an unfortunate incident, but you know, concerning my son, I, um, I I'm, I'm, you know, he's resting. You know what I mean? He wasn't yes. a bad kid. You yes. know? Mm -hmm. And you know, so, but the way the way the world is now, you know, I know I can sleep 
you know, well at night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what made you decide to, to go into preaching? Because as you know, it's not, I mean, now we can say that there's a lot of women in the pulpit, but it wasn't always that case. I know when I was growing up, I rarely saw a woman in a pulpit. And, and then when I did, it was, um, she was in a, a smaller arena and, and she didn't really have any men supporting her. So times have definitely changed. And what I love is that women are actually um, doing more of the um, careers, um, if I can use a better word, that were once considered a man's career. So can walk us through your your journey. How did you get here? Well, it's always it's always going to be a man's world. That's number one. Um, I didn't decide. I didn't you know. I, I didn't get up and go. that I was sent. It wasn't a job that I sought. The Lord sought me. Mm -hmm. I ran for four years. You know, my call was uh, on me since the early 90s, but I ran for like about four years before one Sunday morning, he was like, either you do or you die, <laughs> one of the two. And, um, you know, we find that, um, you know, they're not only just, you know, females, but you have some males, but we're, you know, talking about females, you know, now, mm -hmm. some say, well, you know, this is a field I want to get into. This is not something where it's like a job. Some take it as a job. They see glamour in it. They see being you know, uh, uh, in a pulpit in front of people, and some look at it as, as glamour, and, and, you know, it's a 24-7 position that really, technically, you really don't want. Why? Because you're responsible for what you tell God's people, you yeah. know, and you're responsible. Their blood is required to you, so it's a, it's a job that I did not want, that I ran from for four years. And, you know, it's a difference when you've been called and when you've been sent, as opposed to getting being one who got up and went, you know, it's not a job where you fill out your resume and pray that the Lord call you. No, you're predestined prior to your mother's womb, mm -hmm. and Lord knows He knows already, um, you know, just who will be the one that will be a soldier on His field that won't be afraid of faces and and you know, won't get intimidated by uh, uh, the masculine uh, energy, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And, 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 so, and so, you know, my journey was early on when I realized there was a call, uh, how I knew it or how I know or knew that, you know, the Lord had something for me to do before I knew him and he knew me, was he always, he always shows himself to me envisions in my sleep and or or you know it comes to me I can see it as plain as day and so my call he overshadowed me and I felt his presence in my sleep mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure what it was and I reported to one of uh, one of the elder deacons at my, my my home church which is you know First Timothy Baptist Church here in Newark and at that time under my late pastor the Reverend James you know Baptist senior right and one of the deacons made me rest in peace. I, you know, told him about how 
what I felt. And he, he reaffirmed what it was. And so I let it alone, you know. And then one thing about it, when the Lord is speaking, uh, when, you, when you, you're not sure if it's God talking and not just you, it'll come back. And it won't let you loose, so to speak, if I can describe it in that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it won't turn you loose until you actually do what the Spirit is functioning you to do. And so, you know, uh, at the time I came along, men were embracing females uh, in ministry. Um, I didn't come along in the 30s and the 40s, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, but right, right. still, we're, you know, that early era, you know, in the 80s, you know, you still had, had and, and some of them are still around today, mm-hmm. you know, that do not uh, believe women have been called to the pulpit. Right, yeah. Now, they may believe that they have been called to ministry, but not the pulpit. Right. You know, right. and so, you know, the Lord had unctioned me to begin uh, a ministry entitled Women with a Vision Ministry. Mm-hmm. And it was there where it appeared, now get the word now, appeared, you know, that I may have been having my own agenda, but it wasn't that. The Lord knew that in order for me to be uh, an effective soldier or workman in his army, that I wasn't going to get it from a male or my pastor at that time. Even though my pastor's ministry, my late pastor's ministry was concerning, his was about administration as opposed to trying to hoop to the masses or build a mega or build a mega church. You mm-hmm. know, he, his ministry, you know, his ministry was about administration, holding holding you accountable, holding leaders, not just pastors, but if you're a deacon, if you're a deaconess or whatever type, a president of an auxiliary or whatever. He held you accountable. That was his thing. And and that's the area of nurture that I received from him. However, in order to strengthen my past, you know, the Lord, you know, uh, laid it on my heart to begin a ministry entitled Women's Division Ministry established here in New Jersey and as well as Massachusetts, because uh, I have relatives up that way, that it was there that I, you know, got my feet on, feet on the ground, so to speak, and it taught me how to... Uh, well, it strengthened what was already in me, so to speak, if I can put it that way. Yeah. Like, um, you know, work, doing the work, uh, you know, uh, that's already in you. It pulled it out, so to speak. It strengthened it. And so this way, um, my home church, uh, whatever I needed to do there, because, um, you know, as far as the male is concerned, the men and, and the male pastors or men, in, you know, in ministry, only thing a female, whether he, they don't care if you are an evangelist or minister or, you know, only thing you're good to do is to preside, do the welcome address, or, you know, read a scripture. But as far as preaching in the pulpit, you didn't get too many of those engagements. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Yes, you know, I do. At yes. Your, yeah, at your home church, you know, or, you know, so, you know, uh, it it, 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 it kind of sort of nurtured, women with the vision nurtured me um, to what I needed, that I wasn't, that I wasn't uh, going to get, that I didn't get at my home church, if that makes sense. No, it makes you know, perfect um, sense. But, 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 yeah, so, but, um, and so the two kind of right now tied in together because uh, it's like being on a job, being a self-starter, 
you know, you don't need um, someone standing over you. And, and, and technically, that's what that ministry did for me. It caused me to be a self-starter mm-hmm. that, you know, that I didn't need, that I'm not, in, and I don't mean it in a negative sense, that I didn't need my pastor standing over me. You know, it only brought out and strengthened what was already in me. And he saw it. Because one thing about a good, effective leader, especially if he or she has been called by God, they will see it in others. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, you know, I do. They will see what's in you. You know, and, and, and some of them, they, they, they'll, try to, they'll hold you back because, you know, um, a candid conversation, keeping it real. Yeah. You, know, um, you know, I had my, you know, my late pastor, you know, he, you know, I guess he knew he was close being with the Lord that he, you know, called me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and said, I have to apologize to you. And here we, he, he, he served for 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, and he says, I have to apologize to you. And I said, why? And I didn't know that his, his, his departure was at hand, you know, but he knew it. Okay. And so he says, because I held you back. And so he had to admit before, you know, uh, you know, crossing over what he did. And so, and I said, oh, I don't, you know, don't worry about that, you know. And so he says, no, 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 no. He says, the Lord is dealing with me. He says, he says, I held you back deliberately, you know. And he says, because I knew your worth and I was afraid of losing you. And he says, I held you back, he says, but I want to thank your pardon. And I said to him, I said, oh, don't worry about it. You know, I said, you didn't, you know, he said, no, no, no. He says, I'm gonna, I said, okay, you know, I, I, I accept. And even, and he went on to say that there was a church um, that's located in Montclair, New Jersey, that was actually looking at me to, you know, uh, to, you know, as a candidate mm-hmm. that I did not seek. And so I didn't put in for it. But I had spoken there on the Women's Day a couple of times and this, that, or the other, you know. Right. And so I didn't realize how the members, you know, liked me so much that, you know, that when the pulpit became, a, you know, vacant, I wasn't speaking, no, you know, trying to be pastor anywhere. You know, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, they were calling for Timothy, looking for me. I did not know that. And that was also, too, what he said when he called to beg my heart, and he said that church was looking for you. And he said that I deliberately withheld the message and did not give it to you. So I'm saying, yes, you know, we have men who, you know, they don't believe women or they don't feel that God called no woman to preach or be in the pulpit. And then you have some men who know, who know that just as God calls a male, he calls female because God don't see feminine nor nor uh, 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 masculinity is neuter to him. Right. He just sees mankind. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I do. That, uh, you know, and he, you know, that uh, that whatever work that the men, you know, have, that the Lord has for a female, he has, God has a man for every season, whether, it, whether he uses a male or female. Mm-hmm. His thing is, as long as the job gets done, and, and, and that's what the Lord is looking at and requiring. And some of the men, especially male pastors of old, the, the Moseses, so to speak, you know, right. if they can just get that, you know what I mean? Um, you know, this, the word can get further along than where it's at. Right. You know, yes. And, and it's, 
you know, and even and even then, back then, from the 80s and the 90s, from, you know, where I started and, and up to the early 2000s and bringing it all the way up, I even, when I'm, you know, uh, addressing a congregation, not all the time, only when the Spirit is on me, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always hard on the pastors because, you know, the vision comes from above down to us and then out to the people, yes. not from the floor up from the people to the pastor. Yes. You understand what I'm I saying? I do, yes. And, and so, and, and I'm hard on us because if we would just stand flat-footed and preach the gospel as is and tell the people either holiness or hell, you know, or, or the ways of wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, you know, because the Bible says, bridle not the tongue, the tongue of the oxen that tread up the corn. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if we would just tell it like it is, yes. you know, people would, you know, would be, you know, wouldn't be so, you know, uh, in the dark. And you have folks I agree. who are hungry for the word. I agree. You, know, you have folks who are hungry for the word. And, and, and so, and you can tell when they're hungry because when you're preaching, if you're preaching right, they'll lean up and listen. <laughs> no, I agree. You know what I'm saying? I do. I you totally know, they'll agree. Lean up and, they'll lean up and listen. You know, they, if they got to put their forearms on their on their knees and they they listening and they maybe they rocking back and forth and they stare at you and they can't take their eyes off you, that lets you know you're tripping pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I Not do. Not satisfied with your ears. Well, uh, yeah, you know, not that is, hmm? You had that effect on me Does too. It? Did you hear me? <laughs> I, I said you had you had that effect on me too. <laughs> I hear you. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you know, as preachers, we don't realize that I, I, you know, look, I always listen. Whoever says to me, McKay, would you uh, pray, or would you come and speak, or would you do this or that or the other? I never take it as Oh wow, you know, I'm good. No, 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 no. It's a door opportunity or a window that the Lord has created or opened. And and I always say it can be a million people in the room. It's one person if one person in there mm-hmm. says, You know what? That word is for, was for me, then I know that the mission has been accomplished because when the Lord opens a door or you know, an opportunity or make a way you know, when somebody picks up the phone and, and out of all these preachers in the world, they call you. Mm-hmm. It's not you because you're so great and good. It's because the Lord put you on their heart that whatever message that you want to bring, especially if you sit down and say, okay, Lord, what is it that you want to talk about? And your spirit rests on a message. Somebody in that congregation that's waiting to hear you wherever it is you're going, Evidently, the Lord wants to get a message, too, because they, too, have been seeking him. Yes. And perhaps they probably have spoken to that individual, but yet because their faith walk is not that strong, they really haven't really, they really didn't hear him or they heard him but not wasn't sure that when you come along and bring the message, it only validates what the Lord has already spoken to them, if, if you understand what I'm saying. I do. I you do. Know? Yes, yes. You know, because the Lord only validates when, when I had a, you know, uh, there was a situation in my home, my home church some years ago, uh, and may she rest in peace now, you know, she, you know, was uh, an evangelist or whatever, and uh, she, she, you know, 
she couldn't prophesy to me sitting in the pew. She had to want to bring me up to the front of the church, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know. And so I'm in front of the church. Interrupt the service because now, you know, all eyes on me as uh, 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 Tupac. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. And so, so, you know, so I'm looking at her and, you know, and she was saying, you know, God told me to tell you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not mocking her, don't get me wrong. But no, I'm no, I know. Mm-hmm. You, know. you know, God told me to tell you, da, 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 da. And I'm looking at her and, you know, she's got a finger pointing on my chest like they used to do when you were in school, you know. And I don't think you like the people pointing on my, you know, tapping their finger on my chest because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You know, so, you know, how that was when you back in school, people pointing on your chest, they, yeah. they trying to make you look smaller, you know? Yes. And so she's saying, you know, God said this, and God, you know, and I said, and I, you know, and everybody, the whole, the whole service is shut down. Everybody, now everybody's focusing on us over there by the piano, you know, because now you're making the scene. Right, right. And so, you know, and what she had to say, I, I, I just simply told the truth. I, I said, well, you know, when I spoke to God this morning, when he and I had a conversation, he ain't say nothing like that to me. You know, and the whole church erupted. When I say the whole church erupted, they went in, they went to shouting and dancing because, and not laughing, but they went to dancing because some of them feel like, you know, you have these false prophets, you know, and I'm not singling her out as one, but you have those who are false prophets want to tell you what God said. Now, if you're in a good relationship with them, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you have, you talk to him daily, at night, whatever, how often y'all in good sense, right. he's your friend, you're his friend, you know, y'all bosom buddies, and whenever you call him, he answers, whatever you're asking for, he meets you your every every need, and whatnot, he's not going to bypass you and tell Barbara, do me a favor, go back and tell Stephanie, I said this, that, or the other, when he and I talk every day, he can tell me for himself. Right. But the thing, it comes into play, whereas whatever I ask him for or whatever I'm seeking him for or whatever conversation he and I have and or whatever, you know, he's already told me, okay? Now, Barbara may come and say, well, you know what? God is going to do this, that, and Now, she doesn't say God said. She'll just simply say, God is going to do blah, 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 blah this, that, or the other. And so it'll resonate with me because I'll say to her, confirmation because guess what he told me that you understand what i'm saying and mm-hmm. that's the way he operates right so right. you know you know so so and, and and i feel that to say you know uh you know back in the day you know when you when you you have you know those who you know they they call themselves want to sow a seed into your life but yet still you know there's there's there's, there's the false prophets or it may have a gift but then you know gifts aren't operating 24-7. You don't operate in a gift 24-7. You know, it comes sparingly when the Lord wants to bless. Right. You know, uh, that's when your gift will kick in. And so, you know, uh, you know, but they, they want to, you know, make you, look, you know, but however, you have to know uh, when to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Yes, uh, yes, ma'am. Your, 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 your life your life experiences that you go through, don't let nobody tell you everything is all spiritual now because when you take the doily off, when you said amen, when you shut the lights off at the church and come on home, you got to deal with reality. Yes, ma'am. You know, the public service ain't trying the public service ain't trying to hear you speaking in tongues and can't no they want their money. Yes. You know what I'm saying? The mortgage yes. people want their money. The car people want their money. You got to come down to re- and you gotta say, Okay, where am I gonna get this next dollar from? 
You know, and that's reality. So, you know, you say, well, Lord, you look, I need you. You know what I'm saying? And you mm-hmm. say it from your heart. And somewhere along the line, all of a sudden, you open up the, the envelope. Somebody will send you a card and say, I missed your anniversary, which happened to me the other day. I missed your anniversary here. Here's a little love off, and I wasn't even expecting it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that's the way he does. You know, yeah, and, and he'll meet you. You know your every need, but you got to do what you're supposed to do. You Absolutely. know, you have to do what you have to do. Absolutely. You know, I'm yeah. I'm grateful that you and I are are having this conversation. I'm listening to you talk, and when you when you started um, speaking about the early days, and um, you know mm-hmm. um, how you your relationship with with God from the time in your youth, it, it was I was. I felt really good. It was refreshing for me to hear that because I recount that story wow. a lot because it is wow. I, people find it difficult to believe that I've had a relationship with, with God since I was a little girl, since I was a child. And right, um, right. so when I hear well, somebody else say it, it's like, great. I, I love it because it, it validates right, like, right. look, people, this is possible. Okay. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. It's definitely possible. And you know what? Guess what? And the thing of it is, uh, I didn't have a relationship with him as a little girl, mm-hmm. but he, he, because he knew me and because he had his hand on me and because I was already ordained in my mother's womb, as, as, as they always say, it's no, in my case, it was actually true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, Because, yes. you know, my mother, may she rest in peace, often tells the story, wasn't too many blacks in Northwest Israel at that time where I was born. And uh, she being, you know, my mother, uh, she was part Italian and, and part um, Af- uh, part um, Indian. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she was very light-skinned, fair-skinned. And so, you know, uh, at that time, like I said, too many, no, wasn't that many blacks uh, in Northwest Israel uh, as patients, if I should say. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we had, it was all Jews over in this, in this section here. And so, long story short, she often tell me the story how when I was born, you know, uh, I was only three pounds, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, no, yeah, I'm not seven, three, and I have the certificate to prove it. Oh, I believe I you. Three pounds. Yeah, I, I was only three pounds, but guess what? When I was born, she said, when I came out, my eyes were already open. Mm-hmm. And she said the doctor didn't have to spank me. You know, and so she says, I came out, and so when I came out, she says, I was on my forearms, and she said, and I was, like, looking around. And so she said, the nurse, you know, of course, the white nurse said, oh, look at, look at her. She looked like a little monkey. And so my mother, you know, she tried to get up off the table. So, you know, that's another story for another podcast. <laughs> but um, but one way or the other, the, the thing is, she says, I was already born with my eyes open. And so she always told me as a little girl I had a veil over my eyes and of course at that age I didn't understand that you know but as I got older and as my faith walk increased you know um, I've been told at in my early you know stages my early walk mm-hmm. you know when I first joined the church you know by my late pastor again like I said he always was like an encourager not only to me but to everybody around it but he kept it candid and he kept it real mm-hmm. you know he told the women he said you know the women preachers he always first of all uh let me let me not jump too far but he always he told me one time he said you know he said when you first joined the church you didn't fit in 
He says, but now you do. And I never understood why he said that or what that meant, you know. And so I guess, you know, coming out of the, you know, coming out of the world and that's the only church I've ever known, you know, for 30, 31 years. And mm-hmm. then the Lord called me to pastor my own church. It was, everything was always the first with me. So I, uh, I was told by one of the late church's clerk, um, church's clerk, she, she, she passed this life about five years ago. She said, I was the only one out of the history of First Timothy. First Timothy is 90 years old, I guess, you know, from, um, uh, you know, uh, I used to know the number off the top, but I think from 48, whenever it was established, okay. you know, she says, I'm the only one that has been called to a church, out of that church. Nobody else has been called to pastor a church for out of First Timothy but me. And so, you know, he, my pastor would have a meeting with all the ministers. And so the women in particular, he made sure, because it was mostly, you know, more of us. We had, he had, we had about 18 of us, you know. And we had some fellows in there, you know, the current pastor of First Timothy now, you know, uh, he was young, you know, coming up. But he would tell the female, uh, he would tell the female ministers, you know, um, he would say, you know, when we preach, you know, he would say, you know, don't wear anything tight. He said, if you could, you know, he said, I would prefer you, I'm sorry, to wear a robe, when you, especially when you're here at First Timothy. He says, I would prefer you to wear a robe because the robe falls. And this way, while you're preaching and moving around, he says, if you're in a pulpit and there's other people there in the pulpit with you, especially if they are the, of the opposite sex, mm-hmm. he says, I'm going to tell you, he says, men, their mind and their eyes, they rove for the V. He said, they rove. And mm-hmm. he says, if you're ministering in a suit, he says, some women have a tendency to wear too tight skirts. Now, this is what he said, mm-hmm. and you know, and I appreciate it, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what he told us in our minister's meeting. He says, some women have a tendency to wear too tight skirts, and he says, and their panty, then, this is what he said, candid, real talk. Right. He says, and their panty line, he said, their panty line was show. He says, now, if you have men, or I'm a, he says, I'm a male pastor, he says, or you have other men in the pulpit with you, they're not going to hear a word you're saying. He says, because we're male. He says, we're going to be too busy concentrating on your outfit. And he says, and some of us, he says, some of y'all, he says, if you're wearing white, he says, put on either a black slip or if you're going to wear a white slip, wear black underwear. Now, this is what he said. Now, he's a male, and he wasn't trying to be funny. But now, some of the females got insulted or felt, you know, but you know what? Again, you have to know what his ministry was about mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. about administration and all those nuggets that he gave for 20 years they did not appreciate as the bible say when jesus was with them they did not when he came unto his own his own received him not while he was there everybody talked and murmured and complained about reverend Bat. you understand what i'm saying but yet and still now that he's deceased everything that he tried to teach it's all now coming yes, out, and they yes, see it. Yes, And now they wish for it. And you don't get that type, those type of nuggets anymore. Yes. Because it's all about, it's all about uh, the Joshua's now. 
that they want to do it the way they want to do it. They haven't sat anywhere to even obtain any nuggets. They get it from YouTube and the Word Network, and they watch other people, and they don't have an identity. I'm not, and not everybody. Not everybody. Now, right, let, me, right. let me back up. I'm, and I'm not judging anybody. You know, that's not everybody. But, the, but some of them, you see, they don't have an identity of their own, so they mimic who they see. Right, right. And so, you know, and, 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 and so, you know, but I appreciate those nuggets that I received then because I'm applying it now as I pastor. Now, when I first went in, and I'm in my seventh year, and I thought about it, I said, ooh, it goes to show you how the Lord, you know, when you don't focus on so many materialistic things. You know, the 29th of, of December made seven years complete. I completed seven years as pastor. And I didn't think of it until yesterday, okay. <laughs> you know. And so, you know, I think when I, you know, I, I thought on, I reminisced when I first went in, you know, uh, I brought with me my training from First Timothy, mm-hmm. and it started to work. Then after a while, it didn't work. And so um, then I began to take blame. I blamed myself. I said, well, maybe I did something wrong. And then the Lord had to talk to me. And no, it's not you, it's the people. Mm-hmm. He spoke to me. He says, I didn't send you up here to grow this church as your peers were encouraging you that you would do. Mm-hmm. He said, I am pronouncing judgment. And he says, you know, these whom he has put, placed me over. It wasn't for me to, to try to grow the church, but it was something between them and God that he knew that started before they moved up to the current address where we're at now on Clinton Avenue. Okay. It started from where they came. And so that's a personal thing. With he and them, if you get, if you get, so now all I can do is go in and preach the word, and preach the unadulterated gospel, mm-hmm. and you know, not preaching to them personally, telling them to repent, but the word itself, if you know, with the word, the message that the Lord would give me for them, it's up to them to take it, to take heed, and 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 repent. But he did speak, you know, right, that. Right. Um, you know, he did. He did speak. You know, some of them. You know, either going to be laying prostrate in front of the altar, or either you know, or they're going to take it and they're going to get themselves together. But again, you know, my early training is what I have underneath my belt, and I appreciate it because the times that we're in now, yes, you know, especially as the pandemic, everything is shut down, you know, or hindered or. Uh, it appears that the Antichrist has risen, and what the Bible speaks of, and it's going to come a time, you know, as one of the, you know, the late deacons who used to teach Sunday school say, where, you know, you won't be able to pray, you won't be able to do anything, you know, you won't be able to buy and sell unless you have a number. Right, which is right, right, now, right, right. A lot of us don't carry, yeah, we don't carry cash, we have a credit card, we do the number on it, you know, so a lot of this stuff is coming to pass. Yes. You know. It's and, funny you should say you that. Know, and I, because I'm sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off uh, this morning. No, I was, no, no, I'm running my mouth. Yeah, so no, this is this is your show, okay? <laughs> but um, this morning <laughs> I was saying that to myself as well. I was saying because you you know uh, getting back to what I was saying earlier, my relationship with the Lord has been my relationship with the Lord since I was a child. And um, like right. I said, God bless my mom. Let her rest in peace. She passed away in um, 
July of uh, 2020. Um, but oh, her, to see you and your thank you. I appreciate that. But her her teaching was um, it wasn't just her teaching. My mother lived it. My, I, if I ever had right. to see an example right. of what a godly woman was, I just had to look at my mom. So I had many examples throughout my family of, of how to live godly, how to live a godly life. And it wasn't something that right. I, I had to force myself to do because I wanted to. You understand what I'm saying? It was a lifestyle I that, that I chose. It was, or, or I won't say maybe I didn't chose it. Maybe I, I was chosen for it. I don't know. Right. But it's a lifestyle right. that, that was natural for me to live. And, right, um, right. This because morning, yes, yes, from my mom, being able to, to sit up under her feet and, and get um, the basic teaching of what the Bible had to offer. Of course, I went on to, to get more teaching because, you know, we're responsible. I always say we're responsible for what we learn and what we know. The scripture tells us to study right. to show ourselves approved. I, that studying was on me after I got to be grown right, and, right. and um, do what I need to do. But this morning as I was pondering and I was talking to the Lord as I always do, and I was saying that no matter how much you even try to, at least me, to even think of, about what's going on in the world, I'm seeing the Bible unfolding. I'm seeing right. it. I'm seeing it. I, I'm oh, not... Definitely. I, I can't speak for what other people see or what they know, but I know me. I know what I'm seeing. And, and like you mentioned um, earlier, it's, it's just, it's, it's scary as I'm thinking about pretty soon the whole idea of not being able to buy without the mark and all that stuff. I mean, when you think about how close we are to that particular point, it is scary. Right. It is scary. That's right. And I asked well, this question. Well, you know, Let me ask you this question, though. So with all of that going on and everything that we see happening, what do you think the state of the world is as far as religion is concerned? Um, where are we right now? What is going on? You mentioned the Antichrist earlier, but what is happening? Like you, 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 you said, what, what, what do I think the state of the of the world? Yeah. I missed it last. In yeah. The, again. the state. I said, what is happening in the state of the world as far as where religion is concerned? I mean, do you see people moving more toward um, trying to to get right with the Lord, or do you see them moving away from where does religion uh, fit in and, and what's happening mm -hmm. right now? Well, um, I see. Uh, folks who, in two groups, so to speak, those uh, who, what I see is folks who um, did not get it prior to this pandemic, let me just let's say from 2019 all the way back until the 80s and the 70s or whatever, okay, we just say 2019, because 2020 is where this pandemic started. Right. Uh, I had said to my daughter in 2019, I said to her, I said, I said, 2020, I said, something's going to happen. And she says, what do you mean, Ma? I said, I don't know. She says, well, why do you say that? And see, when the, see, when, when the Lord shows me something or when it's something, I can't never put my, I can't, some always put my finger on it. I, I shouldn't say never. I can't always put my finger on it right then and there, but I can feel it. And I've been that way since a little girl. I'm going to get to your point. I'm going to answer it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I said to her, I said, I don't know, because 
I said, I don't know. I said, I, I, I feel something. I said, 2020. I said, 2020. This was in 2019. I said to her, I said, 2020. I said, it's the end of a decade or the beginning of a new one, which way how you look at it, the end of a decade. I said, every 10 years, something major always happens, you know, mm-hmm. and um, especially in my life. And I told, I told him just like that. I said, something major always happens with me every 10 years, you know. I said, because, you know, I, I was saying this to her. I said, in, in 2000, you know, my son, you know, passed away, and here we are now in, in 2020. You know, I said, I don't know. You know, 210, I retired, and then now, t- you know, 10 years later, 2020. I said, something is going to happen next year. I don't know what it is. Not knowing it was a, a pandemic was going to hit and take out millions of people. You understand what yes, I'm saying? Yes. But I felt something. And so uh, in March, I saw, I saw the Lord. I saw him in March. And I, I, I felt it I, I, in, in early March. And I'm going to answer your question. In early March, you know, I, I was downtown when it first happened, okay, when, it, when, when we had to shut down, the, the, when the government said, Third Sunday, we shut down or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I went out to the church to give a message because I went to the computer to research what was going on mm-hmm. and to give a message that, you know, and then shut down the fourth Sunday. I'm going to get to it. And then, um, and so uh, in March, I went downtown to get my mail and I put my hand on the door of the post office. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to come out the door. And when I did that, my, how can I say, my life went blank, black, real quick. Within the, like they say, the, like the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. Right. It went, I felt my life go limp. Everything in front of me got black. I, I jerked, you know, like a, like a little jolt. I didn't feel it, but, you know, mm-hmm. and like all those times, I said, oh, what was that? You know, and I'm saying to myself, and I stepped out the door and I felt this thickness. I can't, that's the only description I can give it. The wind was blowing hard, I mean, extremely hard, and I felt this sickness. And so, right then and there, I said, Lord, I'm sorry, you are at work, but if you will allow me to get to my car, I promise you I will go home and stay there until you pass over. Now, mind you, this is during the Lenten season, mm-hmm. and it was during the Passover, and I felt it. And I saw it in the wind. I can, this is the only description I can give it. And as I walked to the car, it happened again. And I said, Lord, I feel you. And I got in the car. And I got home. I said, I don't have blood to throw over the doorpost. I said, but I do have blood oil. And that's what I did. Outside of the door. Now, as this going on, mm-hmm. a lot of, and this is not being judgmental, now, here's the answers to your, this is how, uh, you know, I'm going to answer your question. Those who are in it, like as far as the called out ecclesia, so to speak, um, the church, mm-hmm. I see a division. I see those who have put their hands to the plow have now looked back. I see those who say that they are have focused more on what's going on than on who is in control of everything, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes, it does. I see 
you know, a great falling away. I see the Antichrist rising up and those who uh, we, you know, the body of Christ, not everybody now, uh, is, uh, how can I put that word? I'm not, maybe catering to it, if that's the correct word, or conceding to it. Naturally, you're going to obey the laws of the land, because right. that's word, that's scripture. Yes. Um, but at the same token, you don't abandon your faith. And I say that to say this. You don't do what the next person is doing. I never did that. Mm -hmm. I never did it because Carolyn Jones did it. Mm -hmm. I never did it because this one did it. I do it as the Lord will allow me to do it. Or I, I always been my own person. And I just, now let me bring it all in one bowl. In other words, a lot of these church doors are closed. But they're, they're closed because, not because Governor Murphy said close it. I'm using him because, you know, he's over the state of New Jersey. Right, right. You know, it's not closed because the governor said close it. It's not closed because the mayor said close it. It's closed because somehow, somewhere or another, everybody got together and said, you know what, no, I'm not going back in. They not, not going back in out of fear, mm -hmm. rather than fearing the one who's still in control. Does that make sense to you? No, it, it does make sense. It, it makes sense, but let's be clear about some things. Um, that makes mm -hmm. perfect sense to me, being a woman of faith. But it's mm -hmm. it's kind of almost like, do because we, we have some churches that did not listen to the mandates and the whole church got affected. You know, the whole church right. got COVID. So I'm kind of on right. this fence like, all right, should we not pay attention to the things that's going on around us? I mean, we don't tempt the Lord either. So should we, should we, we should we pay attention yeah, to, to what is happening? Yes. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. We should pay attention. Pay attention. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Pay attention. Now, we don't, don't, we don't, don't be crazy and do something outside. Right, right, right. You understand what I'm saying? If, if the government says don't do it, remember I said, you know, we have to obey the laws of the land. Mm -hmm. Okay? Not be crazy and say, oh, God, you know. No, 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 no. That's tempting him. You know, God does not tempt us, and but yeah, he will test us, but he won't tempt us. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And we should not tempt him either, you know what I mean? And nor put him to, you know, we can put him to a test, you know what I'm trying to say? Right, so right. now, here we go. Now, what I meant by that was, okay, uh, uh, not doing the peak of it. Now, I'm not talking about doing the peak. I'm talking about like right here today, now, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. We, from Mar uh, the time that it opened back up, and I'm not challenging anything now, don't get me wrong, this is what I'm saying. Now, here we are in January. The government opened back up, I believe, what was that, August? Yeah, in August, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, and I'm not uh, knocking any pastors who decide not to go back in, because all of this strictly my opinion to which everybody is entitled to watch. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, we, when I say we, I'm talking about the body of Christ, no one person. We had ample enough time over that five month period that we were shut down from March up until August to figure out what it was we were going to do. We had to stay still because it was a mandate. Right, right. Now, when the government opened back up, still you say, you're in charge. Now, let's take the pastors, so to speak. I'm just saying, you know, because, you 
know, we the angels of the church, okay? Right. So now, uh, and, and the under shepherd, okay? So now we say, okay, how are we going to work this thing out? Okay, well, people are in fear of going in closed doors because of COVID, other people, da 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 At the same time, at the same time, okay, that's, that's, that's a reason. It's not an excuse. It's a reason, okay? Okay, what can we do to make it safe for the people? We go in, we move chairs. I'm going to use another example. Let me just say this. We move chairs, we just we, we, we spray, we do whatever we need to do, disinfect the church or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, revamp the order of service. Instead of, you know, uh, um, everybody walking around, sitting back down, walking around, giving you money, going out the doors, they say, you know what I'm trying to say, blah, 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 blah. So, now, if the people say, oh, I still don't want to come. Now, you, 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 here's the question that, as me as a pastor, is facing. Do you continue to keep the church doors closed because Carolyn or Barbara or, or Johnny says he doesn't want to come? Or do I open it up and say, well, we have done what we could to make it safe for you and to, you know, as, as the mandate required for us to do, you know, in compliance with all, you know, and, and if you feel that, you you know, we're not talking about those who are in the 80s and 90s. We're not talking, you know, but those who are able, you know, and willing, you know, what do you do? You keep the doors closed because they don't, you know, some who can but won't come, but yet they can go to the club or they can go to uh, Atlantic City or they can go to the supermarket or they can go to Times Square. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? So you see them everywhere but in the church. So now, then you have those, then you have some who, you know what, and I often say, if we as pastors, and I'm getting them back on us, if we admit and take the mask off, we needed that five-month break mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking for myself. Now, as a human being, if you know you've been doing your job as a pastor or, you know, you stay in Sunday after Sunday, we're studying, we're, we're going to the temple, and if you're bivocational, we needed that five-month break, even though it hurt financially. Mm-hmm. But God is still in charge. You understand what I'm saying? You right, know, we right. We trust and lean on him to make a way for us. We needed that break. I know I did because I heard from him. I had no choice. We had no choice. Mm-hmm. We had no choice because we were sitting in seclusion, you know, with those who we never hold, held a conversation with, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now right. we have no choice but to talk to each other now because I see you. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yes. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, 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 you know what I mean? You know, now you see your wife, like, I never knew your hair was burgundy. You know, I'm just saying stuff <laughs> yes. like that, you know. And, and, and so, but you hear from God. You heard, you had to hear from him. Right. He talked to you. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And so... You know, and, and you got mental clarity back. You got your mental stability back and for five months, even though, like I said, financially it hurt, you know, but you're still leaning and depending on him because he's still, you know, A, he knows what's going on. He sees what's happening, okay? And so now, you know, you have some pastors who have gotten lazy. Now, here we go to your question. Mm-hmm. Have gotten lazy uh, being off that five months not running up the highway or not going to the church, not going, sitting, or listening to, you know, they have gotten complacent or, if that's the right word, you know, comfortable. 
That's the word I should say. Mm -hmm. Being at home because you don't want to know why? Because guess what? They're still getting that paycheck from the church sitting at home mm -hmm. doing the same thing because it's easier for them to do it from their couch and do it live over the, the news media than it is for them to get up, put on a suit or put on a dress or stockings and get up and drive and go to the church and sit there and do this and that and that and that. It's more comfortable now because you're at home. Let the, let, the, let the church say we can't afford to pay you no more from at home. What are you going to do? Then you run back to, you, you know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, it's a, I see it as a division or, the, you know, it, are you in it for the money or are you really in it because uh, the mandate of God is on you? Um, like, uh, let's, how can I put this? Uh, is, are we being tested to see who will stand firm? You know, um, yeah, we obey the laws of the land. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they say, okay, it's okay, you can go back in, but, you know, uh, make sure you, you keep the mandate, you know. Uh, okay, five or six people may say, no, I don't think it's safe for me to come. So as a leader, what do you say? Well, I cannot not open up the doors because five or six say they don't want to come. Mm -hmm. Or do I open up the doors and whosoever will? After I, you know, we done made it, you know, the environment, you know what I'm trying to say, conducive to worship, I guess, if I'm saying this right, if I'm saying it correct. Right. For, you know, you, you alter things. You, you don't have to be there three hours. You don't have to be there four hours. God has fixed it so, or allowed it to be so. He is, and I say allowed because he did nothing to stop the pandemic from coming even though we know he could have, mm -hmm. because why he he he's, he's his 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 omni his omniscience, you know what I'm saying? He could have same thing with 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 Job. You know what I'm saying? You know he allowed the enemy to do what he did, cause because he did nothing to stop it. In essence, you could say it was God. You get what I'm trying to say? Yes, so I do. now you have your choice now. Forget the choir rehearsal, forget the pastoral anniversary, forget the church anniversary. Now you don't have the big this and that and riding up in limousines and all of this. Now it's strictly about him and his words. Well, that's, that's what I was. That's what's going on now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. What if this was an opportunity that it allowed individual people to individually um, get to spend some time trying to know the God who created them. I mean, how, how many people, I won't say how many people, but just maybe this is an opportunity for, for folk to, to have one-on-ones uh, with, with God. But I think you're saying that maybe because they never solidified that, that we're, we're finding right. that there's no, there is no one-on-one -on -one because you, you never solidified that in all the years that you were uh, living and even going to church. There was never a, a, a foundational work in which you had a personal relationship with the Lord to begin with. Right, right. Well, see, now, again, and, 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 and see, well, let me just, because our, our relationship are solely based on a one-on-one -on -one with him. Mm -hmm. If you had it from the beginning prior to this, 
if you didn't get it then, I'm not going to say you're not going to get it now because, you know, the Bible even speaks of in Revelation after, you know, uh, the rapture. There's still going to be, you know, uh, people back here. Everybody's not going to be caught up. Right. You know, um, there's still going to be folks to have to receive the opportunity to receive Christ even after the church has been raptured. You know, and that's in Revelation. You know, and so, but the thing of it is, they won't have an opportunity to put work in because right, right. they won't have a table. It'll be too late then. You understand what I mean? And it's I do. Close to that, I understand you know? exactly what you and, do. And, 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 and so, so you you receiving you'll see folks now on their deathbed who, when they had the opportunity, they can be. I'm just using as an example, can be 70 years old. You know, 69 of them years they parted up, and then you know, uh, but now. That last year when they turned 70, they want to all of a sudden, you know, they see themselves getting closer to their maker. They, they want us now to receive him. Okay, the Lord is not going to deny anybody because as long as your eyes are open, you have breath in your body and say, Lord, you know, confess, you know, uh, my worldly sins, you know, and, and I'm asking for your forgiveness, you can be saved. You know what I'm trying to say? Even on the deathbed, but guess what? They won't have an opportunity to have any stars in their crown because they have no works in your stars and your crown is your work or right, the work. Right, right, You know what I mean? And again, and, you know, yes, we used to joke, yes. my, yeah, 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 my professor used to joke, you know, some of us are going to be up there bareheaded. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, because, you know, they, they won't have any work in. You know what I mean? So I do know what you mean. Now, this is, and this is, this is what I'm, you know, if you didn't establish a relationship with them prior to this now, it's time to get busy now. And some of us are not seeing it that way, and, and it's not really their fault. Not everybody. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks now who um, uh, is disconnected spiritually, if they've been to church once or twice or three times before in their life, um, everybody somewhere along the line has crossed church some kind of way, even if it was at Uncle Bob's funeral. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes, you yes. know, they've been in some type of, you know, just, you know but again, uh, and again, this is just my opinion. I don't speak for everybody because I know, you know, people are going to say, well, you don't speak for me. No, this is just me talking. This is my opinion that if, if the word, you know, this all goes back to us as pastors, if we would just preach the word flat-footed the way it's supposed to be, you know, uh, that somebody may receive it. You understand what I mean? And yes. it, it's a trick. It, it goes back you know, to the very beginning, that now that the pandemic hit, they can at least have something underneath their belt that they can reach and grab because Pastor McKay or Dr. Jones right. had taught me, you know, 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. now let me, let me let me pull this out of my belt and see what I have to... So now, if they didn't get it then, now is even the more of the time to right. want to get it because they don't have an understanding to really what's going on. Right. Only those who, who, who are in in the faith can actually see. And I, I see a division. I see those who who are uh who have when I say put their hands to the plow looking back, like in other words, you know, they 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 they, they decide to sit down and, and not go back into the building, even though the church is not made up to building, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it should be some type of centralized place where somebody can come and bow their head in prayer. You understand what I'm saying? You know. Uh, what the Bible says in First Corinthians, tell not to summon yourselves together, you know, as you see the days approaching. The days are here. You understand what I mean? Yes. And so you need to summon yourself with folk of like mind, you know, um, and not all put foolishness on your mind. So many, so many people have been spiritually lost because they came to church because it was a place to hang out on a yes. Sunday, something yes. to do, 
and they come out of habit as opposed to really coming to get the word. They hear the word, you know, and the word just didn't land on good soil. It lands on stony ground, you know what I mean? Because as soon as the benediction is given and they hit the door, child, I'm turning it up tonight and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You know, we all do our thing, but somewhere along the line, the, the word should be applied somewhere and say, you know what? I don't want to live that life like that. You know what I'm trying to say? I do. Somewhere along the line, you got to you got to bring it in. You know what I'm saying? I do. You, know, you can't excuse the expression, cut the fool all the time. You know what I'm saying? So now we have a pandemic. Thousands of people, millions of people have died. So now what? What, what do you do? Now everybody want to turn to the church. What the church has to say? Well, what do you have to say? What did you get? You know what I'm trying to say? You know, <laughs> the do. leaders, yeah, we can, we, can, we can give an encouraging word, but we can only, how, how long do you want us to give it? Or how far is my word going to stretch? You know, you know, so when are you going to get it for yourself? Because mama used to say, and I'm sure your mother said it, every tub is going to have to stand on its own bottom. Absolutely. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes. So, you know, and, and, and so, you know, I, we can only do so, but so much. We can, but if whatever we do, make sure it's, it's done, you know, uh, with, with Christ centered, you know, and him the main focus, and, 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 and cut, cut, let the word cut as a two-edged sword. It may hurt. But, you know, be, be firm about it, you know, and, and, and stand and don't fold and don't let um, the trick of the enemy, you know, cause you to say, well, you know what, I'm not going back in or, you know what, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. So now guess what? Here we go. All of that being said, all the church doors are closed, not all of them, most of them, right? Mm -hmm. The big churches all the way down to the little storefront, you know, a lot of them, most of them are closed. If you take a poll. A lot of them are closed, are still closed, out of fear. Out of fear. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but a sound mind. I can hang up with you right now and take COVID and die. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So now it ain't because I'm saying something right or it's not because I'm saying anything wrong. You know what I'm trying to say? It's just, that's the way it is. But listen to me, what I'm saying. A lot of the church doors are closed, you know. So now, if you don't spiritually keep yourself fed spiritually on... Uh, at least on a daily basis, you know, you're, you're going to find yourself drifting away. Mm -hmm. You get, you understand what I'm saying? If, if I don't, if I don't get some type of spiritual word, if I don't, you know, not so much as the pastors, but I'm talking about take the, the people who come to listen to feed off, you know, to get the, uh, you know, from you on a Sunday or whenever. If, if they don't go to, go, if they don't get it from, just, just say from, uh, they don't get the word from Monday through Saturday. Somewhere along the line, they're going to drift. It's going to be a great falling away. So they won't get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. So as we get to the end of this podcast, can you give us the world's in need of love? We're, we're, we've been battered. We've been bruised. 2020 has not been kind. Um, I think everybody needs a little love. So what can, sure. you, what can you give us? Give us something to take home. Well, well uh, as far as, you know, not to be so brutal, but, it, you know, it's a, a word of encouragement, um, you know, don't lose your faith in God. Uh, continue to look to the hills from which come up your help, your help coming from the Lord, you know, who made heaven and earth. You know, he would not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee would not slumber nor sleep. 
and uh, he, he, he has you propped on every leaning side, although it may look gloom and gloom right about now, but, you know, the Lord is still in charge. And if you don't know him, I encourage everybody to, to get, you know, to try to get to know him, pick up the Bible. Um, it can be found in a hotel room, you know what I mean, from yeah. the supermarket. You know, uh, read the Word, start reading the Word. If you, if you haven't been doing it every day, at least once or twice a week, you know, uh, as we as much as we read or look at our cell phones and be on Facebook, you know, somewhere along the line, we can squeeze, the, you know, we shouldn't squeeze the Word in, but make time for the Word. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, and, 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 and just... You know, just just meditate on it because if you if you begin to read it, you'll think on it, and when you think on it, you'll start to apply it. When you start to apply it, you'll feel a change, and when you get the change, you know you'll start doing things better. You know, and 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 so it's it's never too late. It's never too late. And and if I can encourage, you know, if some anyone that although the church doors may be closed, the, the church is always open because the church is within you. Yes, yes, it is. So, Reverend McKay, thank you. Thank you so much for, I, I really enjoyed having this conversation with you, and, I, and I'm sure that my listeners are, have learned a lot. I've learned a lot, and I know that you said a whole lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I sure did. I, 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 I thank you so much for the invitation. You yes. have, I have tears in my eyes over here because they have joy. And it really, you know, my heart, you know, when you see things the way it is now, you know, I just pray that the Lord just embrace. Yes. Embrace yes. and keep us all through all of this, you know. And I, that comes from the heart. I know it do. I, it, it comes from my heart, too. It comes from the heart. It does. Mm-hmm. So can you pray us out? Sure. Okay, sure. thank you. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you, oh God. Thank you so much. Eternal God, oh Father, we thank you once more again for life, help, and strength. We thank you most of all, oh God, for our night lying down, early rising this morning, activities of our limbs, being able to see, being able to taste, being able to talk, being able to walk, feel. And oh God, we thank you for all things in the blessed name of Jesus. Most of all, oh God, we thank you for bringing us 365 days of 2020, 2020, bringing us up to this present time. You've been with us, oh God, from the rocking of our cradle up into this present time. Thank you Thank for you, keeping man. your hand in our hands. Even when we did not realize that you were there, you were there all the time. We thank you now. In the name of Jesus, oh God, when things have gotten slim and look bleak and, 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 and grim, oh God, you will always peek through the clouds and allow us to see the beautiful sunshine, oh God, we thank you for being that light at the other end of the tunnel, oh God. We thank you for meeting us in the area of our needs. Thank you, God, for paying our rent. Thank you, oh God, for keeping food on our table. Thank you for the clothes on our backs, oh God. You've been sheltered in a time of storm, oh God. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, forgive us now. of anything that we may have said and done that wasn't pleasing in your sight, create within us a clean up, oh God and renew a right spirit within us. We cannot do nothing without you. Now, God, as we go forward in this year, we're not sure how far in it we're going, but most of all, rest assured, oh God, you already know that you're going to be on our list 24-7, and 
your praise going to be in our hearts. And, oh, God, we thank you for even hearing us, oh, God, right now. Thank you for my dear Sister Jones. Thank you, oh, God. Bless her in her endeavor and her ministry, oh, God. We, we know, oh, God, that you ordained this time to be. You have uh, opened doors for us to even come together and, 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 and her head and my head and my head and her head and God is a partnership. And when we, we see something in the future, oh God, concerning this partnership, we thank you for everything. Yeah. We ask you for nothing other than keep a hedge of protection around us. Go before us as a leading lamp, oh God, a light unto our path, and a lamp unto our feet, oh God. We ask these blessings in your darling son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thank God. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you, because the world... Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, you thank are welcome. You. And um, I would love to have you come back if you would love to come back, because uh, we can certainly sure. definitely need some some inspirational words <laughs> that, you know, because uh, we need it. I know we need it. And well, so listen. with the churches being closed, we, we have to have another avenue, right? <laughs> Yes, that, and, and that's, you know, I, what I tried to convey. Um, I, it may not have come out right, and so this is what I'm saying. We have to be careful to make sure, because, you know, the Antichrist is always at work and the trick of the enemy. You know, now that the doors are closed, we cannot sit down. You know, we have to have another avenue. And, and so, you know, uh, I would love to come back if the invitation is extended. Yes, it is. And, um, I, it's encouraging to me, and it keeps me, you know, uh, you know, uh, focused on, you know, the vocation of which I was called. And 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 I I had an elder to tell me, and I'm gonna let you go. Mm -hmm. um, I had an elder to tell me. Um, uh, so we have come to the end of another episode of Real Talk with Real People. A candid conversation with your host, Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones. And before I go, I want to tell you again about my organization, Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ Ministry. Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ Ministry is still doing what it do. We're still offering our classes, our workshops. We're just doing it online. So stop over and see us at SHSIC ministry.com go on our website see the programs that we offer give me a call if you want to be on this podcast call me up and let me know i'll have a candid conversation with you so until next time this is dr caroline Bethia jones bye